And welcome to another edition of Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Francisco Moreau Jr. We have a lot to talk about on this wild, wild, wild card Saturday. First, we have that's just about getting ready to get kicked off as the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are the number two seed. And then later tonight, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. So let's dive into the first game. Geno Smith, talk about him having an emergence, really coming back to life, so to speak, with his NFL career, reviving it, throwing 30 touchdown passes this year and 11 incompletion, I mean, 11 interceptions with a 69.8 completion percentage. And he's thrown 4,282 yards. Now, this is the wild stat that I didn't see the, that I saw the other day that nobody would have expected to happen is that Geno Smith passed Russell Wilson for single season passing yard completions, completion rate. And the other thing too, he's also making his playoff debut. You know, if you remember <laughs> when he first came out at West Virginia, he was playing for the New York Jets and that didn't go over well. So obviously it's been a, an incredible story for him, but they've, they've had to really rely upon their run game. Obviously Seattle's always been pretty big on their running attack and Rashad Penny suffered a fractured tibia earlier in the year. And Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, the rookie out of Michigan state had to step up and he's done his part and more. He's rushed over 1000 yards and had nine touchdowns. And, um, you know, they, they have other weapons, too, that they that they have on their team. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf are their home run threats at wide receiver. And they both had over they both had over 1000 receiving yards and combined for 15 touchdowns. But with Seattle, they like to heavily utilize their tight ends. So Will Disley and Noah Fant, they're going to be heavily involved in the passing game as well as the running game. Um, a big, big. Welcome back for them is is Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal is coming back from a three game hiatus. He had an injury, uh, a knee injury, and um, that's a big part of of their defense because he's their safety and he's had a really good year. But the fact of the matter is, in Seattle, their big issue is they give up too many big plays on defense, and that's what's really really has hurt them because in the past they've pride themselves on defense and they've had a top defense in the league, but coming into this playoff sports not has ranked them 13 best out of all the 14 playoff teams. So it's going to be a tough challenge for them. Um, you know, but they have, they have playmakers on defense. They have Quandre Diggs, who's a solid player and they have linebacker Jordan Brooks, who leads the team in tackles with 161. The big blow, obviously, for them was uh, three months ago, Jamal Adams sustained a season-ending injury with a knee and quadriceps injury, so that really hurts. But it's going to be tough because San Francisco is favored. I believe it says they're nine-and-a-half favorites, and that comes as no surprise, really. They have just a phenomenal defense with Nick Bosa, who leads the team in sacks with – 18 and a half sacks on the year. Fred Warner is a solid, solid linebacker, as well as fellow linebacker Dre Greenlaw. And Tyshawn Gibson is their safety, who leads 
who leads the team in interceptions. This is a team that has talent on both sides of the ball. They have talented coaching staff. Kyle Shanahan's done a really good job, you know, with his offense. And really, a lot of people thought San Francisco was going to be doomed, you know, after Trey Lance gets hurt earlier this year and then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and Garoppolo ends up getting hurt and has an ankle injury. And really nobody knew what to expect. Brock Purdy comes in, rookie out of Iowa State, Mr. Irrelevant, but hey, no longer undefeated as a starting quarterback in his five career starts. He's thrown over 1,374 yards, 13 touchdowns, and four interceptions. And one thing that's impressive too, I mean, yeah, he's a seventh-round pick, and this is something that you rarely see, right? I mean, sixth-round pick, we ha- you had Tom Brady, and that's a once-in-a-lifetime generation player there. Not comparing both of them that they're that they're in the same category because they're not. But Brock Purdy is the only quarterback since 1950 to win his first five starts with multiple touchdowns. The other stat worth noting is that since 1950, he's had the second highest passer rating through five starts. And the other guys that are in that same category is Patrick Mahomes and Kurt Warner. So, excuse me. They've done a terrific job developing Brock Purdy. He had a really solid college career at Iowa State, but nobody expects a rookie to come out blazing and and playing with sheer confidence. And it's just been incredible. And Kyle Shanahan's done a great job calling a game for them. And, um, you know, like I was saying, on the defensive side of the ball, D'Amico Ryans, who's a former NFL player, he's done a heck of a job these past couple years in San Francisco. So it's it's just been great to see him doing well, and he's going to end up getting a head coaching job next year. And um, But as far as their offense, you know, the other thing too is they have so many weapons, right? Christian McCaffrey is having a great bounce back year after getting hurt last year. He's had six touchdowns since joining the team. Uh coming over in a trade earlier in the season from uh, Carolina. You also have to mention, too, Debo Samuel. He's a threat both in the running game as well as the passing game. He's has outstanding speed and power and great hands, and he's a superstar in this league. And then you still, you still have George Kittle, who's one of the top tight ends in the league, and you have Brandon Ayuk, who's also a solid wide receiver as well. So this team is really, really scary. You know, you don't want to play them, and you especially don't want to play them at home. They've only lost four games this whole year. Um, And the other thing, too, worth noting, right, I mean, the game plan for San Francisco, it just caused chaos and get after Geno Smith every single snap because Geno Smith in his last five games, he struggles under pressure. He's thrown one touchdown and had four interceptions and a 40% QB rating, quarterback rating. So they're gonna come at they're gonna come after them. I'm I'm thinking, you know, you gotta go right away and, and blitz them on the first play and see what happens there. But I mean, this game, listen, Pete Carroll's a really good coach, but I see San Francisco beating them by I want to say three touchdowns. I mean, I wish 
I, I hope it's close, but I just don't think it's going to be close. I think the final score is going to be, let's go. I'd go 34 to 34 to 10. I think the final score is going to be, I mean, you know, even, even, even with Kenneth Walker, right. I mean, he hasn't played that well in his last couple games and their backup running back DJ Dallas, he's questionable to play. He has an ankle and quadriceps quadriceps injury. And then for San Francisco, I mean, that cornerback Ambry Thomas, he's been ruled out. He has an ankle injury, but it's always the next man up mentality. So It'll be it'll be nice to uh, it'll be nice to to see some playoff football today, and um, and hopefully it'll be a close game. But I just don't see it happening. I just think San Francisco is way too talented, and Seattle just they don't have they don't have the dogs in order to to stay in this fight. So now let's move on to the Jaguars Chargers game. The Jaguars it's their first. Playoff appearance in a while. Trevor Lawrence is is leading the way with them. And they have their first-year coach or first-year back, Doug Peterson, who's done a phenomenal job, who, in my opinion, should probably be the NFL coach of the year. And, um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has really stepped up. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards this year, 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. One really impressive stat here, too. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on Saturday in his high school, college, or NFL career thus far. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see how it goes today. But, you know, they have they have some good playmakers as well. Travis Etienne's rushed over 1,000 yards. Uh, their big off offseason moves have really paid off so far with uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk, wide receiver Zay Jones, and tight end Evan Ingram. Marvin Jones is also another good weapon for them on, on offense. And on the defense side of the ball too, right? I mean, they were ranked 12th best out of the 14 teams. But Josh Allen is just an absolute beast, a monster. He was the former Kentucky Wildcat. He's had six sacks on the year. Arden Keys, a defensive end, playing a key role on defense. So they have the pieces, and they're not afraid to play anybody you know this is a team that's confident last year they had a really down year but listen they won the division this year which isn't which is incredible so you know the the but here's the other thing too like the last time the jaguars made the playoffs too was back in 2017 when they had blake bortles as quarterback now let's dive into on the Chargers side of the ball. Just, Justin Herbert's become a rising star in this league. He's he can beat you just like Trevor Lawrence. They both can beat you with their legs or with their arm. Uh, he's got Keenan Allen, who's an exceptional player. Joshua Palmer's really stepped up. A wide receiver really came out of nowhere. Gerald Everett. Those are the popular targets for for Herbert. You know, Everett's their their top tight end. He's a big body guy, and um, you know, but it's here's the other thing too. Brandon Stan Brandon Staley really 
really made a foolish decision, foolish decision in that week 18 matchup against the Broncos. He let Mike Williams play and what ends up happening, Mike Williams ends up sustaining a back injury and now he's out for the year. So that really cripples their offense. One less key weapon in their lineup. But on the defense side of the ball, they have a lot of playmakers. Drew Quantrill is a linebacker. He has five sacks. Darwin James, four sacks. Joey Bosa, he's had a down year, but he's a phenomenal playmaker on the defense side of the ball. And how could you forget Khalil Mack? I mean, this defense is really strong and solid, but, you know, I mean, it it, it all depends on protecting that that quarterback, right, the O-line. So what's going to be a tough pill to swallow if he can't go, Brandon Schwarf, who's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman for the Jaguars, he's listed as questionable with an abdomen injury. So you're hoping that hopefully that he can play tonight because in order for you to give yourself a chance to win, Trevor Lawrence needs to have time to throw the ball. And, um, you know, the Chargers are seventh best ranked defense in the playoffs right now. However, I think this game can be close. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring at all. I think that both both defenses will hold each other in check for a little bit. But uh, I think I really think that Jacksonville can pull this game out, especially playing at home, having that home field advantage. I think Trevor Lawrence will probably run for a touchdown or two. Um, Travis Etienne will, will have a have a nice have a nice game, um, but I think really it boils down to the defense. And I think that not having Mike Williams will really uh, have an effect on Justin Herbert. You know, besides besides Keenan Allen, that's his second second top target there, and um, I just think that. Um, the Chargers have been inconsistent this year, and I just don't see them winning this game. So I'm picking Jacksonville with an upset to beat the Los Angeles Chargers by a final score of 23-20. So that'll do it for today's games. We have more games tomorrow, but let's dive into the whole Carlos Correa controversy with the Mets. So earlier in the week, there was still not much news going on about what was going on with Carlos Correa. Um, obviously, when there's no news, that's usually not a good thing. And uh, turned out that it was not a good thing as um, Carlos Correa failed his physical. It turns out that the Mets used the same doctor as the San Francisco Giants. And Carlos Correa ends up signing a six-year $200 million, $200 million guaranteed money with the Minnesota Twins, who he has a lot of familiar, film familiarity with as he played with Minnesota last year. So if you're Steve Cohen, obviously, you know, you're, you got to be upset a little bit because this was a, a playmaker and, and you were going to shift him over as your third baseman. And he has a lot of pop. And he's extremely athletic. However, I get it. It probably concerned him a little bit because Carlos Correa came out and said that towards the end of the year, he felt that that injured ankle, which they put a metal 
they put a metal piece in his ankle. He felt it numb and tingle a little bit. So that obviously is some cause for concern. I mean, he is 28 years old, but given the length that the Mets gave him, it was probably probably something that they'll look in the future and be thankful that they end up not signing him. So where do the Mets go now to? I mean, they'll, they'll probably get a bat. They need one. But uh, it won't be to the standard or or as talented, as coveted as a Carlos Correa because there's really no primetime free agents left. They've all signed already. So, um, you know, for the Mets, they'll still have a really good team this year. They did add pieces, but it'll remain to be seen, um, you know, if they win this division because Atlanta – has their young group of core players. They have Spencer Strider. Their their pitchers had a phenomenal year this past year. Michael Harris uh, was a uh, rookie of the year candidate, and um, you know Grisham, the the Vaughn Grisham, the shortstop, and you know you always have you have Ronald Acuna. You have all these young controllable pieces, so they're going to be a team that'll that'll cause some headache and so will the philadelphia phillies Uh, so for the mets this could be a blessing in disguise who knows but let's move on to other news the uh, new york jets and mike lafleur earlier in the week i believe it was i want to say it was thursday they mutually agreed to part ways and i think this was the best thing because mike lafleur was inconsistent with his play calling and um, just sometimes you just were scratching your head wondering, why is he calling this? You know, why is he being um, very cautious where some plays, you know, you, you want to open it up a little bit and get, get the ball moving down the field. Um, you know, you never really, you only saw spurts of him with his genius offensive mind, you know, calling the game. And um, just the other times, it was just dreadful, the play calling, and the execution was just horrible as well. But, um, you know, if I'm the Jets, there's two guys that I'm going to be calling up right now. And it's Nathaniel Hackett, who just couldn't handle it in Denver. He ended up getting fired, but he did an amazing job with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won another MVP with Nathaniel Hackett. So some guys are just better suited to be an offensive coordinator or coordinator role as opposed to a head coach. So I think you either give him a call or, Hey, I would even call Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, a genius. He did an outstanding job in college as far as offense for Texas tech. And unfortunately things just didn't work out as he had planned in Arizona. And, but I would, I would take a bet on him. He he makes he makes it exciting <laughs> to play on offense and, and watching is uh is very interesting as well. But um the other thing the other thing too is um you know you have to make sure that guys are comfortable that the chemistry is there and you also have to kind of figure out who the quarterback's gonna be for the Jets because they do need a veteran quarterback. Zach Wilson's not the answer as we as we've talked about before and everybody knows. But um 
the other name that's being called upon too is they want Gary Kubiak and his son, um, Clint, to uh, to work together. Now Gary Kubiak's in his early sixties and he might not want to be coaching, but if there was an article saying that if you can convince him to get his son on board, then maybe Gary Kubiak will come aboard and he's a good offensive mind as well. He, he did a good job. And, um, you know, the Jets need to find a right fit because they're in a winning, winning mode now, you know, the, the window of opportunity to win gets slimmer and slimmer every year. And it's not open that long for some teams, for other teams, it's a one and done shot for other teams. It could be multiple years depending on how they draft. But let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. So our winner of the week is going to be the New Jersey Devils. They have won three straight games. Last night they won in uh, convincing fashion, they won 6-2 to two against the Anaheim Ducks. They scored three goals in the first period, and Jack Hughes scored a goal, and he's had a phenomenal year thus far. Jack Hughes has scored 20 – Jack Hughes has scored 20 – I think 26 goals, is it? He's sorry. He's He has 28 goals and 24 assists, which – culminates into 52 points and 42 games played him Nico Heischer's done a really good job the goaltending's been well and they play again tonight they continue their west coast trip as they play the LA Kings tonight at 10 30 so that's my winner of the week now my loser of the week has to be hands down hands down has to be Michael Floor. I mean this guy came with so much promise, you know, hey, he's from San Francisco. He's he's Matt LaFleur's younger brother. You know, he calls a good game. But, I mean, with all these hype that some of these guys get, it was just really a letdown, a major disappointment. I mean, you, you're, you're hoping that this guy could have turned around because it's for a fan base that has suffered so long. So, you know, hopefully the Jets get it right. And um, and it works out well for them. But this should be an exciting weekend for football. We have more games tomorrow. And uh, we'll break down more games tomorrow. So until then, take care and have a good one.